Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is England is Burning. It is Monday, May 10, 2021. It is Mother's Day in Mexico. All right. Happy Mother's Day in Mexico. Feliz de la Dia de la Madre uh, for those in Mexico. All right. This is your Manchester United weekly feature for t- this week. We have Mark back from the Barmy Army. We're not going to be talking about any off the field stuff. We're going to be just talking about what happened on the pitch yesterday. And we're going to look ahead to the FA Cup uh, coming up, going into the round of 16 there uh, with United. Mark, welcome back. How are you doing on a Monday? Hi, Keith. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, fine, thanks. Just, you know. Season's grinding down now, so just getting through it. <laughs> just getting through it. Oh, my God. I think things have come on a positive note. Yeah, know, it is. End of season, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, and so forth. So, yeah. So let's let's talk about yesterday. Let's talk about Everton. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things I really enjoy about the way England runs football is the fact that um, they basically decide, you know what? We're not playing around. We're not going to stagger things. We don't want anyone to know the result of anything before going into their match because they may not play it fully, you know, all that type of stuff. Keep that sporting integrity thing going, right? And so they start all the matches for everyone at the same time, you know. So I'm sitting here yesterday morning here in the U.S. thinking like, all right, what game am I going to watch? Because most – and the great thing about the WSL, it's been so compelling – it's been so unprecedented in terms of the level of competitiveness and races were not completely decided, uh, you know, in the WSL as far as the actual title was concerned, relegation, and even barring, you know, an alien invasion zombie apocalypse type of situation, you know, even pro- the uh, uh, third place, the the Champions League slot was was still <laughs> still kind of up for grabs. I mean, United needed to score like 25 goals, uh, but you know, it, it was so great uh, to have, you know, be like, oh, wow, you know, it's like so much going on. And most of the most all of the WSL games had something riding on it to some level of degree. And that in, did include that included the Manchester United game as well with Everton. So going into the last Sunday, last day of the season, as far as WSL is concerned, Mark, what were your what were your feelings and thoughts going into the game to yesterday? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, I agree. I love the last games of, of the WSL and or the, the Premier League, where all the games. I agree. I love it when they all start at the same time and, and everything else. You, so you don't know what's going on. I remember being at Old Trafford many many years ago before mobile phones. You could get on the internet. And we were all stood there with a radio, listening to, to games, trying to find out what's going on. I I, I love that, and uh, I love that. Um, my thoughts going into the game yesterday. Unfortunately, I, I'm, I've gone the other way. It's kind of one of those end-of-season games where neither team had anything really to play for. United, mm-hmm. barring you know, a 27-goal way, you know, us scoring 27 goals and, and Arsenal not winning, we weren't going to get third. Everton couldn't catch United. So it was kind of neither team really, in any, many ways, had anything to play for. And it was the game kind of, I think, showed that. You know, the first 10, 15, 20 minutes, United were brilliant. The second half, we weren't great. I think I can say that we weren't great in the second half. But the game, Everton, we usually play really well against Everton. And usually we beat Everton as well. Um, And yesterday I saw 
bits from Everton that we were lucky to hang on to, but I saw play from United that I thought, well, this is this is good. We're we're building now for a for next season or for the Leicester game. Um, so yeah, the game was up and down. It wasn't the most exciting, in my opinion. It was a, a professional performance, but it's something that you and I have have talked about for the last few weeks. A win breeds confidence. So the win against Burnley, then we've just winning been winning games and sometimes and I said it last week sometimes you have to play ugly to win a game and I think the last couple of games we've played so against Bristol and, and yesterday not the entire game we haven't played as well as we can do but we've got a result and I, I think that's starting to show so I, I expected us to win I said that last week uh and it was, I thought it was going to be a tougher game, but Everton didn't really have anything to play for, neither did us. And it, it kind of, like I said, it kind of went in two ways, the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and for, for anyone who hasn't really, who doesn't know the result of the Manchester United match against Everton, the, you know, United did win, you know, 2 nothing. They had a goal in the sixth minute uh, from Ella Toon. And in the, I think it was, who was it? Hansen in the 89th minute for the second goal uh, to wrap things up. It was I, to me, it was an interesting game. And you're right that neither team had anything really to play for except for building for either next week because they both are in FA Cup competitions to end the season on a positive note. They're, I mean, their places in the league standings or the table uh, have been pretty much were set with United being in fourth and and uh, Everton being, I think, believe fifth. Um, so that there, there wasn't going to be much of a changeover there uh, going into it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, but the thing of it is, though, the important thing for United, Mark, I think, is the fact that, you know, winning yesterday with another clean sheet also, that which, yeah. you know, Casey Stoney loves that, and she made mention of that after the match, uh, was winning the last four out of five. You know, a, a match yeah. is going, ending the season, winning five of the last seven to end the season with, you know, Aston Villa, then there was a 2-0 uh, loss with Arsenal, then beating West Ham 2-0, then losing that unfortunate game against Brighton 1-0. But then coming, you know, ending the season on on three, uh, three expected wins, mind you, expected wins. Not yeah. great performances in any of them, even though you scored four against Tottenham. You know, you had Bristol, which was one nothing. you know, gutted that one out, and Everton kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, but in still ending on a good note, four out of five wins to end the season. And I, one of the things I thought of also, Mark, was how that, and we're going to have a special episode to close the season out to, t- to talk about some of these things in more detail. But I think really, and one of the things I tweeted out yesterday morning, uh, as it, you know, clearly was going to be, you know, United was going to pull the three points out, was that when you think about it, United played 22 league matches. They, they averaged uh, getting over two points out of all those matches throughout the season. They finished with 47 points in the league, finished in fourth, one point behind third. Uh, that's pretty, that's an accomplishment, I think. Yeah, completely. Um, and I go back to something that Casey said a few weeks ago. She goes, if you pinpoint where last season fell down, she goes, you can pinpoint it back to that Reading game at, at Lee. Um, she said that's where she's pinpointed the kind of the, the, the ups and downs of, of, of the season. Um, 
most of us, most fans, will be happy with fourth, but close because we've closed the gap to, to the third place team. Um, if we would have won that Reading game, for example, and the results would have stayed the same, we would have finished third, two points clear, clear of Arsenal. But it, it hasn't happened. I think there was there's a lot of people out there who got very giddy mm-hmm. on the build up to, to January in January when we were top of the league with. You know, when Arsenal and Chelsea and City have games in hand on us, and they're thinking, "Well, we're gonna, we're gonna win the league." Um, uh, and I think, yeah, I understood. You know, you can understand why they were all getting excited about it. But the teams in front of us, the teams who finished above us, you know, Chelsea are. You know, you you can't knock Chelsea how good of a team they they really are. They are probably the best, the best women's side. You know, in probably Europe right now, um, and we'll find that out. Answer out definitely next Sunday for the Champions League final. Um, City are, are a very good team. They've got some quality players in in Lucy Bronze in there and Steph as well. And they've got you know they've obviously got Sam uh, Sam uh, Samantha Mewis and Rose Lavelle as well. So they've got some very good players. Arsenal have got good players as well. It's just I think. I will say we've got the one thing that went against us, and it, it, if it, if you can say anything went against us, and I'm not going to say the word injuries, it's our lack of experience in the WSL. Everyone seems to forget that this is our first season that we've ever completed in in the top tier of of women's football, and you know that experience the other teams ahead of us have got, and yet we've played really well and and. Some of the results, yeah, you know, that some of the results have gone for us and some of the results have gone against us. That's football. But we've made a, a, a massive jump forward. And Casey, uh, I think Casey said it after after one of the games. She says she, she reckoned we're about a year ahead of where she expected us to be. Next season is a massive season now for us. Um, we now have to... In my opinion, we now have to jump to third. We have to get third now because I think anything less, a lot of people will have have an issue with it. I, I you and I, we've always spoken and we've said a, nat- a natural progression, and, that, and that's where we need to go. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, the season's been a, a great season, and you can't you can't really knock it. And everyone who thought we were going to win the league. At the beginning of the year, they kind of need to just look and see where United are as a team. Yeah, I mean, there is a clear delineation between the top four and the rest of the and the rest of the league, and United yes. is one of those four. I mean, there is a substantial, de- uh, you know, distance in points and 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 overall uh, talent and and ability uh, and so forth amongst those top four teams, and and you know, maybe getting third may have been like wait maybe two steps ahead of where Casey was hoping and thinking that the the team would be uh and then maybe the expectations would have been much higher than they really should have been for next season but now I mean again still 
I mean, expectations are going to still remain high. Um, yeah, I don't blame fans for being like getting real giddy when they're sitting in first place. But then, but sometimes in this case, you know, people talk about wearing pink colored glasses or rose colored glasses. I think this is more like red uh, colored glasses looking, not looking at the reality of the fact that, you know, Chelsea was, you know, has been building essentially one of the best teams in Europe to basically conquer the continent uh, on one side and Manchester City falling quite close by. And Arsenal, you know, you know, for if they didn't have as many of their early hiccups as they had, they they could have been, you know, gutting it out with them too. So, you know, it, it's just the way football is, you know, and yeah. so forth. But the way fans are, and, and, and some fans are going to be really, really overly optimistic, and some fans are going to be optimistic, and some fans are going to be realistic, which, Mark, I put you in that category and then there's some fans who are very pessimistic <laughs> they're like everything you know the sky is falling with every possible yeah. bad dribble or a bad pass or a, a goal given them at the wrong time so digging into to everton everton i think uh you know the the advantage of having nothing to play for if there is any advantage um is to say you know what go out and have fun mm-hmm. This is why you play the game. This is why you 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 know got up at whatever morning, hour in the morning to go to go to training. This is why you put on the, the put on the boots. It's gotta have fun. This is a sport. This is was a game. It's supposed to be fun. I think Everton kind of came out with that. Actually, both sides I think kind of came out initially with that kind of mindset to start with and just played a little bit loose because I I was expecting Everton to play a little bit more defensively which they did not. Uh, I, I thought they were going to kind of do more of a low block situation uh, and have United come at them. They chose not to do that, uh, which if you think about it, given Willie Kirk being a former assistant at United, knowing the squad the way he does, mm, maybe not so much of a surprise, but Everton, you know, had a high line to start with. They kind of try to be on the front foot to start with. Um, but then um, United kind of punished them early. But let me rewind back. So you are pretty. You are in a competition, uh, as we've talked about before, getting those yeah. lineups straight. Um, so you had we had Mary Earps, of course, and she started every game this season at goal. Uh, you know, and has done extremely well. But you had the back line of Kirsty Smith, Millie Turner, Amy Turner, and Ona. That pretty much has been a stable line, stable line, give or take a couple of weeks here and there. Uh, and then Lucy Staniforth and Katie Zellum, of course, and Ella in the middle. And then up at the front, Jackie Gronin and uh, Kristen and Jane Ross gets the yeah. start. Was that who you predicted? I got 10 out of my, I got 10 out of 11. I did have Let me guess who you missed. Did you miss I, Jane starting? I did. But, yeah, that was a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah, but um, it wasn't really such a surprise. When you look at the last few games that Jane's come on as sub, she's mm-hmm. kind of... Jane, Jane is a striker, uh, right. and unfortunately, I, 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 I don't think as fans we've seen the, the best of Jane as a striker, but she's come on in the last few games, and she's been mm-hmm. playing kind of a, a different position. She's been kind of playing a, a, a kind of a, a number eight position or a number 10 position, whichever way you want to call it, 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 and influencing the play slightly differently. And she's she's played well, and I've always uh, I've always said that sometimes a player can come on and Casey will go. I forgot about how good this player. I'm not saying that Casey would, and Jane deserved that start. Yes, Everton are a physical team. They've got you know mm-hmm. Jill Scott in there, who is a very physical physical player, and sometimes you need to find physicality with that little bit of physicality. 
And Jane Jane brought that to the team and yesterday and, and actually for the for the first half it, it, people in the watch along we were watching it with people saying she was playing really well. In the second mm-hmm. half the, the game kind of changed and you didn't see the same kind of ruthlessness, I think, from from both sides. Um, but no, it, it was a surprise that Jane started, but it also wasn't a surprise at the same point. So at the end, so how does your competition work for the starting lineup? So, so like, is this the end and did you come out on top with your no. starting lineup pool or, or where did you end up? So the way, so uh, Shane... Uh, he we, he submits like a Google document for us all, mm-hmm. and we for every game. So we've got one more game to go, which right. is last the last game, and we submit our starting eleven. So I I'm seventh in the table. I've drawn two. So base. Uh, so yesterday I played a, a, a guy called Anthony, and uh-huh. I beat him ten nine. So I won ten nine. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it, it works out on how many of the starting eleven you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and it's we give all the, we, we pay to join the the lineup league, and the money goes to charity at the end of the season. Um, so Shane, the guy who devises, I'm not saying it's fixed. The sh- Shane, the guy who devises it, has won it, and he's won it comfortably. We all question it a little bit with him, but um, interesting. He, he, yeah, it's, it's an interesting. We all go. But I'm really. not saying he it's fixed. Not at all. You don't want to put that out there. You don't want, you know, Mark. You don't want to put that out there and be like, yeah. You don't no, want to go on a video cast out there and be like, no, it's fixed. No, we. He says it generally. It isn't. Shane is. Shane is. Uh, we call him Mr. Stato. Shane is. Uh, king, yeah, yeah. King okay. Of, Shane yeah. is king of stats, and um, he he devises this. He, he devised this new lineup league, and. Um, it, it's really fun. It's it's kind of a little bit of a competition between all of us. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I finished mid-table, so, uh, you know, at one point I, I was kind of too near the bottom for my own liking. Mm-hmm. Um, so to finish, to, well, I'm currently seventh. The only person who can beat me is, I think, Deborah. And and next week against Leicester, the, we've all, Shane's already released the fixtures, and I'm against Shane. So I know I'm not going to win. Mm. And I know Shane will. Um, So it's a lot of fun and we enjoy it. And there's a one that you pay for that we do, but there's also a free one that we do as well. So, you you know, you can just do it for a bit of fun and and have a a go in a competition. Yeah, that sounds, you know, that sounds like a, you know, that sounds like a lot of fun to do uh, and so forth. So, um, yeah, just wondering how you how you turned out. I figured you'd be middle of the table, and also I wanted to mention that beast the stats guy. Then I got to say, Mark, numbers kind of can help you out. Well, Shane, that's where Shane works with numbers. <laughs> that, that's that's his full time job. He works with numbers. So, all right. So, um, Kristen Press um, yeah. starts out, and she was all over the all over the pitch. Deep line playmaker, you know, yeah. on, sometimes on the left, sometimes in the middle, sometimes on the right. Uh, and she played a beautiful, brilliant lob pass that landed very nicely on Ella Toon's foot. Uh, and Ella Toon, all she had to do was just redirect it <laughs> into the net. And that's, uh, you know, I, 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 I hope to see more of that. I hope that, that uh, somehow... Kristen Brest will stay on uh, with United next season to be, be able to see more of that because that's just great to watch, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, it, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to be completely honest. I saw the goals. I wasn't. I, the men were playing at the same time, so I had. Yes, they were. <laughs> I, I had multiple screens going on to watch different sports. Um, Kristen Press. I said it uh, last week. Since the beginning of of the calendar year, we've seen Kristen Press. The, the Kristen Press that I think a lot of people ex- expected mm-hmm. to see, um, and. I, her movement is is second to none. Her movement yesterday was was brilliant. Her movement for the last couple of games has, has been absolutely outstanding. Um, I I really really hope she stays. Her and Tobin stay because then you get to the other question: if it's not going to stay at United, where are they going to go and play their football next season? Because I think you know a lot of people on Twitter saying, well, they're not going to play for Louisville, mm-hmm. right? So if it's not going to be United, then where is it? Um, I hope they stay because I would love to watch them live. I know you know, watching them on TV is one thing, but watching them actually when you're in the ground is is something completely different. Uh, You know, I hope those conversations are are happening. I I presume they might be. I know um, the city manager, the the Manchester City women's manager, he said that he's not had those conversations yet with the mm-hmm. American, and he's probably going to have that after the Olympics. I hope we're not leaving it as late as that because I think that might disrupt, in my opinion, it might disrupt the, the transfer, the transfers that we're trying to do. Um, yeah. So, in many ways, I hope they stay because I think it'll be great for United fans to see them. But also, if they don't stay. You know, we can only you know we can only say it's been a privilege to watch both of them mm-hmm. play. Um, two world class players. Yeah, rumors abound in terms of where Tobin Heath and and Kristen Press may end up. Um, you know, that yes, Louisville is a possibility. I think that's doubtful. Uh, there have been rumors about them going to New York, New Jersey to play with Gotham uh, FC that just was, was a finalist in the NWSL Challenge Cup competition this past weekend. Um, I, I, there were rumors about Sam, Samantha Mewis coming back to the NWSL as well to play for North Carolina. There were rumors for Rose Lavelle potentially going to lay on of all places. Um, you know, I have my comments of that, but I'll save that with the Manchester City podcast. But, but you know, the thing of it is about Kristen Press, the thing I saw was, was like – Wow, you know, for anyone who watched that match who who had not seen Kristen Press play prior before she came to United, you now saw why she came to United in the first place, why United wanted her. Number two, uh, you got to see what we have seen in the United States, her on the national team for several years, is this her ball playing ability, her playmaking ability, you know, wonderful passes, being, you know, the movement, all of those things you saw her at her best yesterday, um, you know, um, you know, playing that match. And um, it was, you know, really a joy to watch, uh, to watch her play that match uh, the way she did and and how she contributed uh, to the team. And then she's contributed all year. I'm not saying she didn't, she hasn't contributed all year. She's been a huge contributor all year, but in terms of her, you know, just being uh, fit and well and, you know, uh, you know, fully comfortable because there've been some injury issues and things like that throughout the season. Uh, it was her, you know, probably one of her better games. Um, there were a lot of, uh, you're right, 
you know, there was, I think you're right. Now that I think about it and and remembering the game and looking back on the game, there were a lot of missed opportunities on both ends. Both teams made multiple little errors that, that could have been very costly if the other side had been clinical enough to finish the opportunity that was given. Um, You know, United missed a couple of really good chances in the first half. Uh, they also committed a couple of errors on defense in the first half that led to a, at least one op- good opportunity for Everton, and it just didn't get closed. It didn't get converted, uh, and so forth. So, game kind of did list a little bit, you know, um, you know, um, and and Casey Stoney in her post match interview also mentioned that as well that things you know got kind of tight um, uh, and so forth. Um, but so in the second half, though, uh, you know, kind of re-energized second half. I think both teams look like they started, um, you know, start on the front foot in the second half. I think United got a little bit real cautious, though. Yeah. You know, to start that second half. I think they, they seemed slower. That energy still wasn't quite all the way there. Everton kind of played a little bit more on the front foot to try to equalize. Um, you know, what were your thoughts about opening of the second half? I, the second half, I think you said it, I, I, it was a cagey start from both sides. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to say neither side. I, the game was played at, at, at not not the pace you would usually consider from both sides. United, United, I thought would 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 inject some pace. There was there was a lot of. Um, there was a lot of um, missed opportunities. I think you're right. You know, Amy Turner, she had a header. Mm-hmm. She should have yep. scored from. We missed opportunities, but we were creating those opportunities. Uh, but the game the game had no real in, in, injection of pace. The, I, I think when we start when we when we brought on Leah to give Leah a bit of a run, that kind of changed. We had a bit more of a uh, of an impetus, I think. You know, Kristen, she she was great, and and one of the things that I love about Kristen is that when you watch her, and and I, you know, you're watching the game and you're watching everything else, you see her pointing and shouting, and and she's mm-hmm. got that kind of a natural leader ability, which I I love to see. I love to see a, a, a player out there telling her teammates what she wants. And yesterday, you saw that Leah coming on for a, you know, I think. 30 or just over 30 minutes. It was great to see Leah coming back from an injury. But because the game was being played at such a pace, Leah couldn't really get involved into it and, and use her, her, her pace. Our passing was on and off. It was either good or it was it mm-hmm. was awful. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the, 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 the second half, I thought it was... This, uh, Whoever scored first in the second half, I thought, you know, if there was an early goal in the second half, I thought that would have brought something into it. But it, it never seemed to really get going the second half. Yeah, and and yeah, two big key points in the second half before the the Hanson goal, um, you know, wraps things up. You know, at the very end though, is is um, is you know, Amy Turner also had like a, she like mishit a header in the defensive end. And gave up a turnover in the defensive end that led to to a huge opportunity for Everton, but Emmonsley misses it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, well, actually, doesn't doesn't miss it. It got parried away by Mary. 
And if a if it just so happened that Everton player was nearby when that when it was rebounded out from Mary, um, you know that could have been another opportunity, um, and that you know that went away and was cleared away at that point. And that was a that was a big moment there. Um, you know, it's just like yeah, that's a little bit yeah, a little bit sloppy, missing that you know that edge. Then Galton comes in, Kirsty Hansen comes in, sixty first minute, and. You know, it, the thing is, I know you won't talk about injuries, but I can talk about injuries. I'm not saying injuries are an excuse, but but there there is such a fundamental difference in the energy level every time Leah Galton steps out on the pitch in mm-hmm. a red shirt. I mean, it, it it's so noticeable when she's on the pitch. And it's so noticeable when she's not. I mean, it's been a huge difference. And, it, it, and though, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the way the, the, the pace of the match was is such that it was hard for her to jump into it and get things moving. But hell, she tried. She <laughs> my language. She really did try, uh, you know, to jump right in there and add a charge. And, and to some degree it did because you saw – um, United's passing got a little bit more quicker. There was a little bit more pace, a little bit more sharpness, a little bit more fluidity, um, more chances being developed, um, and so forth. Um, I was a little bit surprised though. A few minutes later, uh, Martha Harris comes on for Ona in the 69th minute. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting, uh, move, uh, there. Um, you know, but maybe just to get just, you know, fresher legs out there to try to see the game out. Um, as you know, um, Everton soon after that made a couple of substitutions of their own, but, but those were two big, you know, two big things in there. And then eventually, uh, you know, Ella Toon assist, uh, on a, on a nice set piece. Yeah. We finally had a set piece that worked. Um, yeah. we got a corner set piece and, you know, Hanson gets her head on it. Perfect spot. Perfect header into the net two nil game over. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Leah is, I think one of the key factors about Leah is, A, she's she's such a fan favourite. She's mm-hmm. she's blessed with natural pace and she's got, she's got something in modern day football, which, you know, is, is a left foot. You know, a lot of players are, are more right footed. Leah is, is left, left footed predominantly. She's brilliant to watch. She's, as I said, she's a, she's a massive fan favourite. Losing Leah for those run of games from, you know, the Manchester City game, I think it was early February. Yeah. So for the last couple of, it, it was huge. And, you know, injuries happen. And, and as fa- as football fans, you have to accept that that mm-hmm. injuries happen. Yep. Leah's, when it happened, it happened off the ball. And, and then and when it happens off the ball, you kind of know it's serious. And you're kind of thinking, well, is that her season done and over with? Um, but Leah coming on, and we, we said this, I think we might have said it after we played Everton at Walton Hall Park. Mm-hmm. Everton doubled up on Leah at that game. Yep. And, it, and it, it opened up the rest of the team. Yesterday, when Leah came on, they kind of resorted back to, let just everyone get on to Leah. And it kind of opened it up. But United are, are kind of, you know, United, are, you know, they've got Leah, they've got Kirsty Hansen. They've got two natural, uh, strong, physical, but also fast and tricky wingers. And yesterday, we, I think the injection of those two coming on with a bit of pace, as you said, we started to speed up a bit. 
Yeah, I agree. The taking of honour off was was a bit of a weird one, but to be brutally honest, I think she looked a little bit tired, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, and I, I can probably understand why she took her off. Um, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things that we've kind of struggled with is this season is set pieces, both attacking set pieces and defending set pieces. So it, it was it was nice yesterday to see a set piece come off in our favour. Yep. But it also shows what you do, when you put a, a, a proper, you know, a decent ball into that area, and you attack it. You're either, you, you know, it's either going to be a goal or you, it's going to be saved or it'll be cleared or whatever. Um, but yesterday, I think we, we've got to get away. I think United have got away from this. One person takes the set pieces and that's it. And now we've got Lucy Stanforth who can take them, Katie Zellen. And now Ella and Ella Toon, and we've got a plethora of, of really talented footballers. Um, and we'll, you know, what happens next season will take care of itself. Casey said that she will be making changes, players will be coming and going. Uh, and we'll, we'll see, she doesn't expect to make wholesale changes, but I, I, I definitely think there's players there who I think will be there definitely next season. I think there's, there's mm-hmm. a question mark on a few, but. Yeah. Overall, yesterday the, the Leah coming on with Kirsty and injecting that pace, it kind of sped us up and it showed the good things from United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agreed, um, and so forth. And, and and that's why I think this game in the at the end, though, despite the fact that there was really nothing tangible really on the line, but it's really important to end the season well. Uh, it gives you know, I, I think also it does give Casey Stoney an opportunity to see. You know, players go out there, you know, and see what they're made of in a situation where there is nothing to play for. Uh, that you know, are you going to go out and give it your all when there's nothing on the line except going out and getting three points and winning a game? Um, and we saw that for a number of players on the pitch. So you said a, a professional performance. I agree, professional performance uh, on both sides. Uh, but the quality of United at the end, you know, showed through. Casey yeah. Stoney on MUTV right after the match. You know, she said she she uh, made an interesting comment and she said, "quote uh, she." we forced too much after the first goal um and that was kind of interesting interesting because i wasn't i didn't get that impression that they were forcing it too much on the first goal after after that but you know okay um and so forth and then uh but i you you knew it somewhere she was gonna throw in clean sheet brilliant yeah, <laughs> what's her quote at the end? Because yeah. uh, she was very, she, she seemed pretty. She glowed on that one. Like, yeah, we got another clean sheet. Put up another zero, uh, and yeah, everyone loves clean sheets. Um, so, and definitely she does. So, um, you know, a lot to take away. You know, from even from a match that you know again uh, solidified. You know, fourth solidified. Um, you know where this team is at, and so it puts. Uh, the team in a good position, I believe, going forward. Now, uh, but there's still the matter of one more match to go. Uh, and it's an interesting one because Leicester City was in Manchester United's position two years ago um, in terms of, you know, winning the championship and qualifying to for promotion into the WSL for the next season. And here we are uh, with Manchester United playing. And I think it's at Lee, right? Yeah. Lee Sports Village. Yeah. Um, so you have Lester, Lester, newly promoted Lester coming in uh, for a round of 16 FA Cup 
um, match. Uh, so a big one for both sides, I think, moving forward, because I think it, both teams want to go as far as possible, obviously. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've watched Leicester play. I don't know if you know anything about them since they were playing in the championship. Um, I don't know if United played them in the championship, um, you know, a couple of years back. What are your thoughts about Leicester? Yeah, no, we've we've played Leicester a few times, and um, mm-hmm. the team was very different then as to it is now. Um, we've I think we've won all the games we've ever played against them. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, the last time we played them was at, in the Conti Cup in at Lee Sports Village in twenty, the end of, back end of twenty nineteen. I, I think it was uh, just yeah, it was yeah twenty nineteen. Uh, we beat them eleven one. But the team, as I said, I'm, I'm not expecting the 11-1 on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I think the game will be completely different. Um, uh, but Leicester, you know, they've won the championship. Congratulations to them. That You know, they'll come up. Hopefully they can sustain in the WSL and, and, and be a permanent name in there, uh, which mm-hmm. will be tough. Um Hopefully we win on Sunday. It's the FA Cup. I've got my issues with the way the the FA Cup has been run this year, but that's an FA thing. It's nothing to do with the clubs. It's right. it's um, yeah. it's a football thing for me. It's it's the way they handle it is wrong. Uh, and hopefully it'll be a good game. It'll be nice to see you know because uh, Charlie Devlin, uh, who plays for Leicester, used was part of our original squad when we won the championship. She now plays for Leicester, so she will come back with a point probably to try and prove against United, as most ex-players do whenever they return to play against them. They'll have they'll say, "I've got a point to prove," but hopefully, it's not uh, it's not a good point. She hopefully it's you know we win and she doesn't get or she won't be able to (laughs) she won't be able to make a big point um, and and so forth. Yeah, I mean Leicester is you know Leicester is. You know, you've seen we've seen Leicester on the men's side. They're, they're kind of perennially been recent in recent years since they got promoted. Um, you know, in the, like five years ago on the men's side into the Premier League. You know, pretty consistently in you know the top eight, nine, six. You know, in you know in the Premier League. So, yeah. uh, if they put in the, the similar type of resources on that on the women's side as other teams, I would expect Leicester to be you know a regular you know regular player um you know and we'll see how far they go you know in the you know after the uh, in the fall um but um and so forth but i would expect you know united's quality and talent to to over you know to be not overwhelming i'm not expecting six nil or five nil or eleven one or anything cute like that but but if united put in a professional performance then i expect united to win i mean would that be your thought as well yeah, absolutely. No disrespect to to uh, Leicester, but United right now they've, they've got a, a quality squad of, of players. I expect them. To, you know, I'm a United fan. I expect United to win every game every, before every, it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before it happens, I expect them to win. Whether, whether that happens or not, that's what I I expect. I think we will beat Leicester. I think it'll be. I, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be as you said, eleven one. I, I, I think it'll be, you know, two or three nil to the United. If Leicester score, what I, in a way, what I kind of hope is Leicester score first because that means then we can play and in, in a kind mm-hmm. of roundabout way. But mm-hmm. progression in the FA Cup is 
uh, like I said, I've got my issues with the way the FA Cup's been run this year. Uh, uh, to finish your season, winning a, a game in your last game of the season at home, you know, unfortunately there's no fans there. We're a day, it's being played a day too early for us to be allowed back into the stadium. Mm. Um, win, get into the next round of the FA Cup and that'll take care of itself next season. Uh, but I, I expect a win and, and without being horrible, a comfortable win. So, just to just to be clear, is your exception um, to the FA Cup the way it's being run? The fact that it's split between two seasons, or yeah. do you have another exception to no, no. how it's being it's, operated? I, I I understand that we're currently, and I'm using the words, we're currently living in a COVID world. I get right. that, and I fully accept that. But when you have teams in the National League whose season the season was curtailed or cancelled or they said well mm-hmm. the, the seasons are not going to begin but we want you to play the mm-hmm. FA Cup games I kind of have an issue with that you, mm-hmm. you know these these players who play for the lower division teams they're not full time players like they are at United and, and all the teams in the WSL they all have day jobs mm-hmm. you know, some of them might be nurses or uh, mm-hmm. teachers or whatever and I just feel the FA, they had a choice to make. If the league has been cancelled, which most of them were, they should have cancelled the FA Cup. I understand it's the FA's light, you know, the FA Cup's beacon of the women's game. I, I get mm-hmm. it. The FA Cup mm-hmm. is, is special to all fans, but we're not in a normal world right now. I don't, you know, playing it over a se- over two seasons, more or less, the FA Cup, it's just, it, it's a, in my opinion, it's just a little bit of a nonsense. Mm. Okay. All right. It, and and it, I, it doesn't make any sense. I don't. I don't. I I, I understand the logic if it's right, but right. if those players like Burnley, but Burnley played two games before they played us, and then after they played us, they've not played since. It, mm-hmm. it just made no sense mm-hmm. to me, and that's my thing with it. Well, also, you know, and, and I think that's a brilliant point. I think that's an excellent point to be to play and, and to have teams that, that, you know, were like, you know, we haven't played in a year and now we're going to jump into with no. I mean, there were, I, I think there were other teams that didn't have any games prior to jumping into the into a FA Cup match against a, a WSL side. Uh, it's kind of in, that's a little insane. But also it, it's, you know, I, I mean, I get it, but I just have a thing of, OK, well, you know, like you have a different. By the time it comes back up again, you know, down to eight teams, when a new season starts, you have a whole new team. A tra- uh, you know, another transfer window yeah. has happened, and so you have a completely new and reconfigured team. I mean, you look at uh, you know, you look at Manchester City, who did end up winning the FA Cup in the end, uh, as it wrapped around, you know, on. Um, 1920 into 2021 you had a new manager a bunch of new players uh and you know they they managed to to uh you know end up winning the fa cup with a completely different reconfigured team and that's what's going to happen again this this time around is when it picks back up again you're going to have several teams are completely reconfigured um and it just doesn't then at that point it's like you know and then you're going to say well they're the fa cup winners for what year? <laughs> you yeah. know what's the you know what season are we counting here? Is this twenty twenty one? 
but you're playing in 2122. You know, the, yeah. it, it just doesn't, you know, but, doesn't make sense. But the other side to it, and, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I agree with all of that, is when are these games going to be played? You know, you're talking, you know, with a bit, you know, United will probably hopefully be through, but you've got Arsenal, you've got Chelsea, you've got City in there. Those three teams next season, not only have they got, they've got the Champions League to qualify for, they've got the Conti Cup games, they've got league games, they've got, then they've got the, the actual FA Cup for 21-22 to play, but then they've got the, then we've got to finish the 2021 FA Cup. And it's just when these games are going to be played because, you know, the, there isn't really a, a block of time where they, these games, I can see in the footballing calendar for next season, where these games are going to be played. The women's mm -hmm. game has got, you know, I think, you know, the league probably won't start till September, but if they come back in September, they'll play a couple of games and then there's an international break for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Then they'll come back and then there's a Champions League qualifying. So that takes out three of the England, takes out Chelsea, Arsenal and City. Then there's the Conti Cup games, which will all be played midweek. Right. Then, then you come back, you play a couple of league games, and then before you know it, you're back into another international break. But I just don't, you know, I just don't know when this competition is going to be finished because at some point they'll have to start the, that season's qualifying for the FA Cup as well. So logistically, it's going to be, a, a, in my opinion, a little bit of a nightmare. But luckily, I don't have to make those decisions when right. these games right. are going to be played. Yeah, I mean, the, the round of 16 is Birmingham against Southampton, Brighton against Huddersfield, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Blackburn, Charlton, City and West Ham, both two WSL sides there, Chelsea, Everton, two WSL sides, Manchester United, Leicester, two WSL sides, and Tottenham and Sheffield uh, United. Um, you know, that's your round of 16. And so, I mean, you, we could pretty much gather based on that, the eight that are going to, you know, the eight are going to go through. I mean, you figure Arsenal's going to go through, City's going to go through, Chelsea's going to through, go through, United's going to go through. Um, so all the top, you know, WSL sides will go probably go through to the, to the final eight. I'm not sure they're going to see a lot of surprises here, um, you know, uh, you know, in this. Uh, so, um so, yeah, and when are the games going to be played? And you run into the same situation we have on the men's side where, you know, you have, you know, in England, you have two domestic cup competitions, Champions League, Europa League, uh, and the league, uh, and international breaks, um, and so forth. And, and you know, I kind of wish the women would kind of learn the lesson of, you know, let's not have fixture congestion and craziness like that, which only leads to chaos, injuries, and, th and things that you don't want. Absolutely, and, you know the, the women's league. You know, it, you know, depending on what you read and, and where you read it, the women's league is going to be, you know, started a little bit later to give the, the teams a rest from coming back from the Olympics. So, right. Right. so you've right. got you've got the Olympics, then they're going to come back. They'll have a sort a few weeks holiday. Mm -hmm. Then they'll start a pre-season. They'll, like I said, they'll start the league. Then there'll be an international break, and then there's the qualifying for the Champions League in August, I believe it is, the, the pre-qualifying rounds. So Arsenal will be ready to go in August. So mm -hmm. you can't ask... So they can't do it in August because of the Olympics, teams coming back from pre-season and Champions League qualifying. The season begins in September. And then, as I said, you start the league, you have an international break, then you have the league. Conti Cup games are starting. And then before you know it, you're nearer December... 
and your quality and, and that season's FA Cup is beginning. So my my issue with what's happened with the FA Cup this year is is that there's no clarity. There's I understood the logist I understood the reasons why. I don't necessarily agree with them, but I understood the reasons why. But there's no clarity from the FA to say we're going to play this season's FA Cup. It will be finished by X mm-hmm. because I, you know I, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouths, but I don't think they know the answer to what we're saying. Let alone you know what we're asking ourselves. Right. Exactly. So on that note, we hope that um, we hope it will be a decent match coming up this coming weekend in terms of that FA Cup against Leicester City. Uh, and we will be back and we will talk about uh, next week at some point. We'll talk about Leicester City. And then soon after that, we'll do, uh, you know, we'll do a wrap up of the season and, and yeah. kind of look ahead to next season and, and so forth with a lot of, you know, there are a lot of questions, but a lot of ho- a lot of positives. Uh, to take away uh, from the season overall for United fans out there and from their perspective, uh, you know, kind of, so y'all can definitely hold your heads up uh, for a pretty quality season, but we'll get into more of that uh, in the coming weeks here. So Mark, thank you so much for coming on today. We look forward to talking to you again after Leicester city next week. Thanks Keith. Thanks. I look forward to it as well. All right. Make sure though you get 11 out of 11 though in the lineup though. You know, at least at least give him give the dude a a run. You see, no. See, if, I get, if I get eleven, Shane will get twelve somehow. It'll be that's the way it'll be right. Oh, see now you're yeah, see now you're making a slide suggestion there that no, something a little fishy's going on. I, I speak to Shane on a regular basis. We joke about this all the time, and it, it and to be fair, he takes it all in such good nature that it, it's really fun. Uh, will I get eleven? Uh, I will try my best, but I. I, I always fall short one or two players, um, mm. but as long as I don't get beaten by some people, I'm happy where I am. Uh, we'll be where we'll be. Good enough. Good enough. Well, again, thank you very much, Mark. And so we will close it out for this portion of Big Monday. Later on today, we will talk with Emma with the Man City Women fan cast to talk about Manchester City and their win yesterday and take a look at kind of where things stand with them as they go into their FA Cup competition match. Coming up and tomorrow, we'll have Josh back on uh, to talk about Arsenal and let him celebrate a little bit that they, you know, that the alien invasion zombie apocalypse did not happen to keep Arsenal away from that third place slot that he'd been predicting all along. Uh, So with that being said, England is burning is going to close in just now. Think about it. Remember the light is out there. Acknowledge it. Let it become part of you. Let it hug you. And I also acknowledge that the darkness, unfortunately, is out there. We've seen it, unfortunately, more often than we would like. Do not let it hug you under any circumstance. But if it does or can even comes close, please take care of yourself. Help yourself. Take care of each other. And take care of yourself and others around you. We are going to close out for this portion of today. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Smash a like, share the videos, share the podcast. If you do not want to look at our pretty faces and you just want to listen to us, that's what the podcast is for. You can listen there. You don't have to look at us. I mean, because, I mean, Mark is beautiful. I am old as dirt. So, uh, so with that said, we're going to close out. Thank you very much, everybody. And we'll talk to you a little later.